0: Hey guys, just before we get started, I wanted to kind of put a swear warning, because I realize I do in fact swear a lot, and I just kind of want to make sure, if any kitties are listening, that uh, you should probably stop now, if unless you're a mature child. And also I'd like to say, uh, sorry mom. <laughs> Let's get started with the episode. Guess who's back, back again, guess who's back Tell a friend. Hey guys, welcome back to the Long May She Rain podcast. I'm Aiden. I'm your host for this podcast. God, I've missed doing this. I missed you guys so much. Welcome to season two uh, the Long May She Rain podcast. I hope it's better than the first season. I really feel like I have improved so much during my first season. Um, I'm really excited to start this one uh okay how How do I tell you guys about what's happened to me during my break so i was I was able to move from Ontario to New Brunswick for school uh It actually wasn 't that bad. I thought the like crossing into New Brunswick was going to be bad, but like the guy the I guess the border guys were really nice, and uh my two weeks in quarantine uh, actually weren 't that bad. I actually got out. Today, today was my well. Yesterday was my last day in quarantine. I actually got got to go outside today, and it was great. We went down to uh, to see my grandma's chickens because she she bought chickens, <laughs> and we have to go up and feed them every day. And they're so cute. I'm mean, gonna I have to post them on Twitter. Um, I I'm really enjoying myself here in my my new home. It's a lot more interesting than where I used to live. Um, and I'm recording in my bedroom. I used to record in my closet, you guys know this, but the closet in this bedroom is not nearly big enough for me to uh, go into. Also, it doesn't have a door, so that would complicate things. Alright, anyway, let's uh, get into the topic at hand. Today we are discussing... Sorry, discussing Caroline Matilda of Great Britain. Now, you probably have never heard of her, and that's a good thing, because that's what I'm here to tell you about. Uh, She was Princess of Great Britain, and when she was about 15, she went to uh, Denmark to become Queen of Denmark. And uh, the King of Denmark was a little... And uh, she's very famous for having taken uh, a lover, uh, because her husband was... uh, there's a movie about it, actually. the only, It's the only reason I ended up finding out that this was a true story. It's called The Royal Affair. It's actually a pretty good movie. It's not on Netflix anymore, but if you do find it, it is all in Danish. Like, they're all speaking in Danish or, like, German, I imagine. Um, and there are subtitles, so you just gotta make sure you pay attention when you watch it. It's very good. Alright, let's get into it, guys. Let's go. Alright, so Caroline Matilda was born on July 22nd. 1751 in London, England, to Frederick, Prince of Wales and his wife, Princess Oh Augusta of Saxe Coburg. Uh and Caroline Matilda was the youngest of nine kids. Now she was actually named after her grandmother, uh Queen Caroline, and she was also given the second name of Matilda, so no one would mix them up when they were calling them. But uh, in this story we're gonna call her Maddie because I think it's cute. Uh, now, being born on July 22nd, of course, makes her a cancer. Actually, isn't that, isn't that Ponyboy Curtis's birthday from The Outsiders? I'm not sure. <laughs> Probably. Uh, it makes her a cancer, and we've had a few cancers in uh, on this podcast, but one personality trait that really stands out for me in cancers is uh, moodiness, which I think applies to her. She seems to, like, change her mood on certain people, like, very quickly, like, kind of like oh, is it like bipolar oh she's a little bipolar (laughs) and I think you'll see what I'm talking about as soon as we get through her story now uh when Maddie was born she was kind of down one parent her father Frederick Prince of Wales had already died three months before she was born and since we're from talking about Frederick, uh, let's get to know him since, you know, Maddie never did. Now, he was one of those, uh, party-crazy princes of Wales, and I mean this guy- whoa, I mean he was wacky as hell. He was, uh, born in Hanover, Germany as the son of the future King George II of Great Britain, and in the Hanoverian tradition of this family, him and his dad fucking hated each other's guts. Now, I don't know why They didn't really like each other. I think it's just kind of a rule in the Hanover family that fathers and sons or just really any parent or child don't really like one another because it's a very common theme in this family. Now, Frederick was a partier and a gambler. He loved women, at, because apparently he was, like, really sexy by, like, 18th century standards, but, I do um, He loved sports. He also played the cello and piano, and, oh, yeah, he really liked to drink, too. I mean, most people back then were alcoholics, right? But in good news, I read that he was actually a very sweet dad. Like, he was apparently very determined to be a good father, because apparently his dad hadn't been very good to him, which is, which is like, super aww. <laughs> It makes me kind of sad that Maddie never got to meet him, unlike her siblings. Also, side note about one of her siblings, guess who her older brother was. You'll never guess. I'll give you a minute. Do 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 do. It's 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 George the Third. Her brother's George the Third. Yep, that guy, Mr. Oh, you'll be back. <laughs> now I can't imagine being the sister of the guy who lost the American colonies, not to mention the guy who gets made fun of in modern day in a rap musical about Alexander Hamilton. that I, I feel like if I was a ghost and that was my brother's legacy, I'd I'd haunt the shit out of him over that, because that's hilarious. Now, uh, Maddie definitely grew up a little differently than her siblings, and this is largely due to how much influence her mom had on her. Now, Maddie's mom was... Just about as German as her father's family. You gotta remember that the Hanover's, even though they were the rulers of Britain, they were German. And when Frederick died, Augusta was very sad and also very pregnant with Maddie. Uh, And Frederick, apparently, he wasn't a very nice husband because one of the things he had been really determined to do when he got married was to not be influenced by his wife like his father was. So he purposely sabotaged uh, his wife's relationship with her in-laws so that they would hate her too and that everyone could hate each other. Now, uh, after Maddie's birth, Augusta kind of isolated her children from the royal court like she didn't want her grandparents, (laughs) their grandparents to see them. Uh, She would hardly let them leave and they never had anyone over but family. And at first, the public kind of felt bad for Augusta because, you know, she was a widow and she was like the mother of eight kids, about to be nine. So uh, everyone felt bad for her. But after a while, when the public just got sick of it. And she lost some serious popularity because of her isolation. Now, actually, because of this isolation, Maddie was never exposed to the politics of English court, and it's probably why she never really uh, became interested in politics uh, in the first place until, like, way later. Now, her education under her mother was actually pretty standard for the time, but uh, it's still pretty impressive. Now, she liked the outdoors, she really loved horse riding, and she was also apparently a very good singer and had a nice voice, and she inherited musical talents from her father, including piano and cello. Uh, She also spoke uh, German, English, Italian, French, and Danish, eventually, of course, because, you know, she becomes Queen of Denmark. I also read that she was really... She was most close with her sister, Louisa, and her older brother, George. Uh, And George kind of played the role of father to her for most of her childhood. Uh, Actually, all her brothers were very, very protective of her after all. I mean, she didn't have a father or anything. Alright, it's time to get Maddie married. Because in 1764, marriage negotiations started with Denmark to find a match for the crown prince Christian of Denmark. And at first, Maddie definitely was not the number one pick. Actually, her older sister, Louise, looked like she was going to be queen of Denmark. But the ambassador ended up, like, not liking the cut of her jib, I guess, and decided Maddie would be a better match for Christian. It was agreed they'd get married in a few years when Maddie turned 15. Now, her brother, George, actually at this point had been king of england since about 1760 so which is which is about 4 years at that point and he was presiding over these marriage negotiations which is funny because I can't imagine my brother picking out a husband for me. But this whole story is low-key kind of George's fault because he got duped as fuck about what Christian was like. And believe it or not, George genuinely seemed to care about Maddie, even though uh, later you'll see it seems like he doesn't. And if he had known what the crown prince Christian was like, I don't think Maddie would have ever married Christian in the first place. But we'll talk about Christian in a sec. Now, two years after the marriage negotiations were, you know, negotiated, uh, it was officially time for them to get married. In 1766, they had a proxy wedding in England. Now, we've talked about proxy weddings before. In the Catherine of Aragon episode, we've probably talked about them in other episodes that I'm just not remembering. But in, just in case you need a refresher on what a proxy wedding is, basically, it's a fake wedding to seal an alliance when two people are apart. So, like, one person is in one country, and one person is in the other country, and they both have fake marriage ceremonies. As if it was a real wedding. Like, there's a whole reception and ceremony and everything. And in October of 1766, the first proxy wedding took place, and Maddie's brother... Actually, this was kind of conflicting. I didn't know if it was her brother Edward, Duke of York, stood in as her husband or her brother George. I read both, so I don't know. It was one of her brothers. And according to a few things I read, poor Maddie cried the whole time. Oh, can you imagine this poor little blonde, little 15-year-old crying at her fake wedding? She was very, very close with her siblings and her mother, and she had no other people going... Sorry, no other people around her growing up, so she was leaving the only people she knew. Uh, Two days after the proxy wedding, she was sent on her way to Denmark to meet King Christian. Uh, Also, by the way, side note, uh, Christian was king now because his dad had actually died, like, I think, like a couple weeks before the proxy wedding something like that yeah he, he died uh anyway maddie eventually did arrive in denmark five weeks later where she met her new hubby and they officially got married on november 8th 1766 at christian borg palace in copenhagen and trust me maddie had no fucking idea what she was about to walk into Okay, so let's talk about Christian because he is a very interesting guy, and it's probably the only time I'm ever going to be able to talk about him uh, on this podcast, unless I, of course, do uh, one of his daughter. Uh, but he fascinates me to no end, so I'm really excited to talk about him. Now, Christian goes down in history as one of the craziest monarchs Denmark ever had. So let's discuss. He was the son of King Frederick V, and his mom was drumroll, please Princess Louisa of Great Britain, which means Maddie and Christian were first cousins because Louisa was Maddie's dad's little sister, which is don't marry your cousins it's gross um, anyway, Christian was their only child, actually his mom had some serious um difficulty with pregnancy, and she ended up dying in 1752 when Christian was about three. I believe that actually was from birth complications, uh, which means both Maddie and Christian have mommy and daddy issues, which always leads to healthy marriages. Um. Now, after his mom's death, he really didn't get any sympathy from his dad either. Uh, his dad basically ignored Christian and Uh, He also got married barely six months after Christian's mother died to uh, Juliana Marie of Brunswick, who gave birth to Christian's little brother, also named Frederick. Hmm. Now, according to what I read, for many years, Christian was actually considered a pretty bright kid with a big imagination, but the turning point for Christian's sanity came when they hired a royal tutor for him. I didn't write down his name because he was a shitbag, but basically what he did is he beat Christian to a pulp regularly trying to make him into a man. I'm putting large quotations over man. And this went on for several years. And because of this, the guy, he kind of went insane. He kind of retreated into this childlike state most of the time to kind of cope with uh, all the shit that was happening to him. But... Uh, because of this, he also ended up becoming very violent. Um, I read that he had this, like, gang that he, like, put together, and they would go around Copenhagen when he was a, like, a young teenager and beat people that they came across. And apparently Christian really, really liked using a spiked mace when he attacked, which is basically just, like, a stick with a whole bunch of spikes in it. And when his father died, uh, his government kind of realized that him being a literal fucking psychopath wasn't just some teenage bullshit phase that he was going through, and they were like, well, fuck, what do we do about this? And some random minister guy was like, hey, what if he gets married? I'm sure him becoming a husband will make him calm down. So when George III was shopping for his sister's husbands, (laughs) the Danish ambassador... Pretty much blatantly lied about Christian's character, and this is kind of how I imagine it went. I'm gonna do a little theta for you, and the Danish ambassador was probably like, "Oh yeah, yeah, Christian, he's he's great. Um, he likes books and sports and acting, and I'm um, beating people to death." And then George was probably like, "What? What?" And the ambassador was like, oh, nothing. Thanks for the dowry. See you at the wedding. Bye. <laughs> and when Maddie got to Denmark, she was probably thinking her husband was going to be this kind and handsome and nice guy interested in art and theater. But boy, was she fucking wrong as hell. 17-year-old Christian probably couldn't have been more couldn't have been less interested in Maddie when she showed up. But to be fair, it wasn't entirely Christian's fault that they didn't end up consummating their marriage, like, right away. And it also wasn't Maddie's fault. It was really her new best friend Louise von Plazen's fault. Now, she was an older lady of the court, probably in, like, her 40s at the time when um, Maddie showed up, who had been appointed to Maddie as her lady-in-waiting, which basically means to be her friend and help her adjust the court, which, by the way, wasn't going well at all. Uh, Maddie was, like, she's sweet and kind, but eventually the court kind of just lost interest in her, but Louise liked, liked little Maddie a lot. Now, Louise's personality was a very conservative sort of outlook, and Maddie ended up getting attached to Louise. Like, very fast, because Louise probably reminded Maddie of her mom back home. And you gotta remember, Maddie was 15. She was probably scared out of her mind. And Louise kind of just took Maddie under her wing and advised her to kind of play hard-to-get with Christian to, like, kind of make him like her more. But it didn't... It kind of had the opposite effect. Actually, it made him very annoyed with her. But eventually, they did end up consummating their marriage... Uh, probably because Christian was forced to. And on January 28, 1768, she gave birth to her son, Crown Prince Frederick. But we're going to call him Fred because we already have a few Fredericks in this story and I don't want to have to differentiate them by telling you. I'm just going to call him Fred. Now, uh, after the birth of her son, Maddie actually got a lot more interest in politics on behalf of her son. And she started inserting herself in court life uh she especially hated her husband's late night activities uh one of these late night activities was going to brothels and when he started to um sorry when she started to criticize him, he decided to banish her best friend Louise von plays in leaving her very very isolated. So she tried to find a friend in her husband's stepmother, the Queen Dowager Julianne Marie, but she wasn't interested in at all in being nice to Maddie. So Maddie was pretty much alone except for her and her son. She, so she started writing like lots and lots of letters to her brother King George about how sad and lonely she was. But basically George re- George's replies were Suck it up, buttercup, what the fuck do you want me to do? And that is not a vibe, George. Not a vibe! (laughs) Now, uh, in the same month uh, Prince Fred was born, Christian decided to fuck off and go on a grand European tour. Around Europe. And it was arranged because the doctors thought it might be good for him to see new environments and maybe it would change him. And they were once again fucking incorrect. Like, whether he... There were two diseases he could have possibly had or like developed due to either the beatings or like just something inherited so he either could have had pro oh prophyria i think that's how you pronounce it or schizophrenia or he could have had both which uh btw were probably inherited from all the incest in his family and probably triggered by the beatings um whatever he had it was not going to be solved by him going on vacation the doctors just didn't get that Now, while he was gone for the year, Maddie tried to be more of an independent queen. And uh, she was also very focused on her son. Like, her son was her pride and joy. Um, She also started, one thing I found really interesting about her, like, one year alone, was she started taking walks around Copenhagen, which was shocking. Because royalty tended to travel around cities in carriages. So her just taking casual strolls outside the palace was probably like seeing, like, Fucking Prince Philip just taking a stroll outside Buckingham Palace. You just don't see it. Uh, Maddie, also in this year by herself, met a few new female friends at court, but she wasn't nearly as close with them as she had been with Louise. Alright, back to Christian. Uh, His tour was actually going pretty well. He traveled to Paris and London, and he actually ended up meeting his brother-in-law, King George. Uh, He also stayed in this uh, town called Altona in Germany, where he met the man who would change his life. Uh, And that guy was Dr. Johann Friedrich... Oh, no. Struisny? Struisny. C. (laughs) Struisny? Why am I pronouncing it? I was pronouncing it Strauss. It is not Strauss. It is Struci. Struci. We're going to call him Johan. Christian took an immediate liking to Johan and hired him as his personal doctor because he was the only one who could really calm Christian down if he got in a rage. And this was an absolute relief to his court when Christian came back. Johan was very concerned about Christian's mental say, state, and he seemed to be the only one who actually realized how genuinely sick Christian was. One of the first things the good doctor tried to do was find Christian a mistress, because it was obvious Maddie and Christian were not getting anywhere. So he thought getting someone who shared Christian's interests might help him, and it backfired so fucking bad on him. Maddie hated Johan for trying to set her husband up, and Johan was a lot like... Alright, no game plan. We're gonna try and reevaluate the problem here. And he realized he needed to reconcile Christian and Maddie. So he convinced Christian it would make Maddie happy if he went all out for her eighteenth birthday birthday. And Christian was like, Oh yeah, that's a good idea. So he threw her an awesome, banger, three-day party, and Christian also started to treat Maddie a lot better, and Maddie quickly noticed that Johan was the person causing all this change, but his kindness didn't stop there. When she fell sick with dropsy, which is this really fucking gross sickness where fluid builds up your legs and it's, like, hard to move, Ugh, it's so gross, I gotta stop looking up all these, like, old diseases, Ugh. uh, Johan ended up treating her at, And made her get better. Also, when a huge smallpox epidemic uh, threatened the lives of the royal family, Johan was able to use the new practice of inoculation, which was the idea that if he introduced a small amount of disease into the body, your body would learn how to fight it, making you immune. And it worked on little Prince Fred so that he was immune immediately after. And Maddie was very, very grateful to Johan for safeguarding her son. After all, little Fred was all Maddie had. And after um the smallpox epi- epidemic, the king gave Johan rooms in the Christianborg Palace. And Christian started asking Johan about, like, state matters, like, more and more. Like, he was, like, definitely trusting him. And I think Maddie was kind of gaining a lot of trust in Johan, too. Okay. Now, from 1770 on, this is when it is believed that Maddie and Johan started sleeping together. And Maddie gets a whole lot of goddamn blame put on her for starting to sleep with her husband's doctor. But personally, can you honestly fucking blame her? I mean, it's a real double standard to get mad at her for this. Her husband frequented brothels 24-7, treated her like dirt, Johan, on the other hand, paid attention to her. He was kind and compassionate, and they seemed to have a lot of things in common, such as their Enlightenment ideals. Now, like I said before, Christian wasn't exactly a stand-up king. He didn't really care about progressing Denmark, but Johan definitely did. Now, the Enlight- the Enlightenment had already reached many European countries, but not Denmark. Even though Danish people wore the clothing of the 18th century, Denmark was basically stuck in the Middle Ages. It had censorship laws about what you could read. Uh, the streets of Copenhagen were filled with, like, actual shit. Uh, not to mention, Denmark still had serfs, which was... If you don't know what serfs are, it's kind of almost a form of slavery that had existed for centuries since like the middle ages. But rather than a single person owning serfs, serfs were a part of the land that they worked and they could never leave it leave it. And it was also legal for them to be beaten and sold like regular slaves. So it's like it's like the little cousin of slavery. Many countries had abolished serfdom at this point because of the enlightenment, it was like believed that serfs were like not needed anymore. But places like Russia and Denmark and a few other countries, like I imagine like Romania or something, uh, still ran on serfdom, and they were definitely not in a hurry to give it up. But Johan was basically determined to drag Denmark kicking and screaming into the future, and so was Mattie. The same year that Johan and Maddie started sleeping together, Christian appointed Johan to his royal council. And by the next year, Johan was made the minister of the cabinet and was given power of attorney, which basically meant that Johan's signature was as good as the king's and he could do whatever he wanted. And with basically unlimited power, Johan started to introduce thousands of new reforms to Denmark, including abolition of noble privileges, noble privileges which kind of like takes away like stuff from like nobles uh, introductions of taxes so that they could do stuff to the city to make it nice criminal reform the abolition of torture and many many more uh and these reforms were supposed to better the situation of peasants because that's what Johan wanted to do. He wanted to help people. And so did Maddie. And at first everyone was like, Wow, this is great. We love all these new reforms. But then Johan started fucking up and he started overreaching himself. Um one of the things he did was he started operating, like, the government in, like, German, and a lot of things in German, which pissed the common people off, because German wasn't their language, they weren't German, they were Danish, and for some reason, for, like, the longest time in Europe, people just generally don't like Germans for some reason, like, even before World War One, like, Germans were, like, little Germans, um, also, uh, during his unlimited power, he started firing many nobles without pensions, which got more people in court mad at him, uh, not to mention the rumors about Maddie and Johan were skyrocketing. skyrocketing. And Maddie wasn't exactly hiding it. Like, I read she, like, flaunted the affair to, like, her staff, like, regularly. She'd be like, oh, look at my, look at my, uh, tousled bedclothes. I wonder what I've been doing all night. <laughs> uh, but I feel like we should cut her some slack. She was, like, 19. Ugh, she was in a good relationship. She was happy. Just ugh, leave her alone. And the rumor is definitely got worse in 1771 when Maddie was pregnant and she gave birth to a daughter that she named Louise Augusta. Louise probably after her sister or Louise von Playsen and Augusta, obviously after her mother. Uh, Now, it's not confirmed, and I suppose we have absolutely no way of knowing for sure unless someone wants to do a DNA test, but it is very very likely that Louise was Johann's baby. Even though Christian actually recognized Louise Augusta as his daughter and she was named a princess. But most of the court was not exactly fooled and they realized that they were really fucking sick of Johann, and they needed to do something about all this shit. Um, and it wasn't just the court that was sick of Johann's shit either. Uh, Christian's stepmom, Queen Dowager Julianne Marie... Was also sick of this shit. She was very, very conservative, conservative. And she hated the idea that this upstart German doctor basically had complete control of this kingdom. And she was like, uh-uh, not in my absolute monarchy, bitch. It's coup d'etat time. And not long after Louise was born, rumors started to go around court that Maddie and Johan had plans to kill Christian. Which is... Fucking dumb rumor. Because killing Christian would have almost definitely put them in more danger. He was their protection, believe it or not. Because Christian still liked Johan. And they definitely needed him alive. He was a better puppet than he would have ever been dead. So they probably weren't planning to kill him. Dumb rumors, right? Um, As Juliana Marie began to plot against them, she started to use the reforms that Johan had made against Johan and Maddie. And her biggest weapon was the new freedom of press. So... Basically, what Julianne Marie did was she started to publish lewd pamphlets about Maddie and Johan's relationship to the public. Like, oh, they were so gross. They were like those uh, pamphlets that they made about, like, Marie Antoinette during the Revolution. That's what they remind me of. And this forced Johan to reinstate censorship, which was a huge scandal because he'd already gotten rid of censorship. Johan also disbanded the Royal Guard. I'm not quite sure why he did that. Uh, which ended up causing the military to riot outside the Christenberg Palace on Christmas Eve, and meanwhile, while this was happening, one of Johann's old supporters, this guy named Uh Rantzau, I believe that's how you pronounce that, who had been like all buddy buddy with Johann and had been trying to help him with his reforms, uh, they had a falling out because Johann was like getting so much power and he was getting a little bit corrupt, to be honest. Um, and basically, what Rantzau. Ransdell wanted. He wanted revenge for how he'd been treated. So he started to get in cahoots with Juliana Marie and he provided her with fake evidence that Maddie and Johan were planning to kill Christian. And Julianne Marie used this to her advantage. Now, while a masked ball was being held at the palace, Julianne Marie woke Christian up from his bed and, like, scared the shit out of him, like, apparently he screamed. And she pressured him to sign Maddie and Johan's arrest warrants. And he didn't want to do it. He he absolutely adamantly refused because Johan was his friend and Maddie was his wife. Um, But eventually he was forced to sign the warrants and... Johan and a friend of his named Brandt, who was also con- in sorry, included in the conspiracy, were taken to prison and Maddie was also arrested and Maddie's son was taken away from her. And I believe this was the last time she would see her son. Now uh after the arrest, Julian Marie, who's clearly probably feeling good about herself, pretty uh, Christian around in a golden carriage to show people that he had been liberated from the evil German doctor. Now, meanwhile, uh, Maddie was taken away and her daughter was the only one one allowed to stay with her while she was under house arrest in this place called Kronborg Palace. Uh, I can't imagine how lonely she must have been. I mean, she had next to no friends. Even the people that were allowed to come with her all hated her, and they were mean and cold to her, like her only company was her little baby daughter, like she, oh god, it must have been so terrible for her, but it was only gonna get worse for her, trust me. So, Johann's interrogation began on February 20th, 1772, and even though Johann himself had outlawed torture, uh... The people who were questioning him didn't give a fuck, and he was beaten during his interrogation, uh, as was his suspected co-conspirator, Brandt. Now, at first, Johan wouldn't admit to anything for, like, three whole days. Like, he was like, no, nope, nope, not saying anything, until he finally confessed to the affair. The Queen's staff was also questioned, and they basically unloaded all her dirty laundry, everything that she ever gloated to them about, to the questioners, I guess, uh, which completely betrayed her trust. And when they eventually came to Maddie to ask her to confess, she adamantly refused to see them. She's like, well, if Johan's not talking, I'm not talking. But when they finally did get in a room with her to talk, she still wouldn't admit to the affair, probably because she was trying to save Johan from execution. Because she really, I really think she did love him a lot. Um, a few days later, she was unfortunately forced to sign the same confession Johan signed and I can't imagine how shocked she must have been when they brought her that confession. She was probably gonna lie and not admit to the affair again because she probably thought they'd never break Johan and I imagine when they presented her with that she must have knew it was all over and she signed the confession under duress. Uh, In order to defend herself after she admitted To the affair. Maddie was actually given a lawyer. During the divorce and treason trial proceedings. Uh, Her her lawyer argued that her confession. About the affair was signed under duress. Which basically means like pressure. Uh, And it didn't really do much good for Maddie. Or Johan. The trial ended up concluding. That Johan was guilty of treason. As was his friend Brandt. And their execution was brutal as fuck. And it kind of makes me sad. Now Johan's right hand was chopped off, and then his body was quartered, and, like, oh god, what is it, quartered, and he got quartered, basically, they cut open his stomach, uh, and he was broken on a wheel, and then they finally beheaded him, and they, I believe they also did the same thing to Brand, unfortunately. Um, I, I feel like there's a lot of, uh, confusion about whether or not Johan actually loved, um, Maddie. Uh, Maddie almost definitely loved him, but I feel like a lot of people think that Johan was only using her for the power, but I would like to personally disagree, because he didn't really get any political influence from Maddie, like, he didn't get any power, the only thing he really got was, like, the security that, like, she wasn't gonna do anything about his reforms, and I really do think that he loved her, like, a lot. And I'm pretty sure that she loved him too, so she must have been very sad when he died. And after Johann's death, all his progressive reforms were terminated, and under Queen Juliana Marie, Denmark practically returned to the Dark Ages that had existed in before. Now, it was recorded that after Johan's death, that Maddie seemed to just know that Johan was dead even before she got the news from a writer, and when she did she broke down in tears. Oh my god, I feel so bad for her. Ugh. Uh, I also read this quote from Julianne Marie about Johan's execution and about Maddie's arrest, and it just kind of shows what kind of a cold-hearted bitch she was. I wonder if I'd be able to do an episode about her, because she's kind of fascinating. Now, apparently, uh, Julianne Marie said, and I quote, the only thing that spoilt my pleasure was the fact that I could not see Caroline Matilda's corpse thrown into the death card as well. Which is... Whew. Uh, that, that same trial also ended up concluding that Maddie was no longer Queen of Denmark or Christian's wife and their marriage was officially dissolved. However, their children were allowed to keep their titles and her son would, of course, one day be King of Denmark. But she was no longer Queen of Denmark and her daughter was taken back to Copenhagen to be with Christian. She never saw her daughter ever again. Uh, meanwhile, in Britain... Uh, Maddie's brother, George, in private, was working very hard to get her released or moved somewhere where he could keep an eye on her. But in the public eye, he was very, very different in terms of temperament towards his sister. He publicly damned her for her behavior. And it makes me, like, it really pisses me off that he did this. But to be fair, public opinion of Maddie was against him. Like, people, like, threw parties when they found out. That she got arrested because people heard about all these reforms and the rumors that her and Johan were sleeping together. So, like, all of Europe was like, yay! Uh, What George wanted to do was he wanted his sister in Britain, but his government would not have it. Most of the common people hated her, as did most governments in Europe, as I just talked about, including England's. And they refused to let her come back. And they blocked George... George's attempts to get her title as queen back and to get her dowry back, too. So, he decided to work with the Danish government, hoping to at least provide his little sister with a decent place to live in her exile. Eventually, they were able to decide on sending his sister to a place called uh, to a castle called Cell Castle in Germany, and... Uh, believe it or not, this area in Germany actually had a lot of familial cl- connections and special ties for her. Cell was actually the home of her great-grandmother, Sophia Dorcia, Dorothea of Cell, who ironically was also banished for an affair, too. I-, I can't wait to do an episode on her one day. Sophia Dorothea of Cell is, like, a really interesting lady. She's going to be interesting. Uh, not to mention, Cell Castle was also close to the town of Altona, which was where Johann grew up, which must have been... Like, also, like, comforting, but, like, probably sad as hell for her because, you know, remember she was young and in love and it was adorable. So I can't imagine how she must have felt. And one thing I do want to put into perspective at this point is how young Maddie was. I mean, we just went through all that stuff in her life through this whole episode and she is only 20 years old at the time of her banishment. Like, imagine having all that happen to you before you're 20. She had two kids, a scandal, an affair, and a divorce under her belt. I mean, that's bonkers for someone so young to have that much happen in five years of life. Now, Maddie's social life in Cell was very quiet and private. But she did gain one thing when she showed it to Cell Castle. Cause guess who was waiting for her at Cell Castle? Louise Von Playsen, her bestie, was there in Cell waiting for her when she showed up. Uh, other than Lu- Louise, she mainly got family visitors, like her big sister Augusta, um, and I believe her sister Louise might have also visited her while she lived in Cellcastle. Now, most of, um, Maddie's entertainment came from a small theater that she had set up for herself, where she put on her favorite plays. Uh, Cellcastle also had a large library, and Maddie loved to read. Uh, she had a lot of books in German, English, and Danish, and, ironically even though she was banished to sell she actually became incredibly popular among the townspeople for, towards her charity for children and the poor she really liked helping like orphan children and poor children and stuff like she really loved helping children now even though maddie was no longer queen of denmark she still tried to insert her her Sorry, insert herself in Danish politics on behalf of her son. After all, she was still the mother of the future king and believe it or not, many nobles who supported Maddie and Johan were very upset about how Julianne Marie was running the country with her son, uh, other Frederick. Um, And also how they were treating... Christian, but we'll talk about that in a minute because I do feel bad about what happened to Christian. Now, uh, Maddie was plotting to get back to Denmark and be with her son and daughter. Uh, her brother, King George, actually supported her ambitions to go back for her children, but he told her, and I quote, you have to gain more support in the new government or I can't help you. And she was like, okay, I can do that. And she began working on her plan to go back for her kids. And do you, you know what? I honestly think it would have worked. But she ended up contracting scarlet fever very unexpl- unexpectedly and when she realized she was dying, she wrote to her brother apologizing and confessing her innocence of the treason she had been accused of. She ended up dying in Selk Castle on the 10th of May, 1775. She was only 23 years old. Twenty fucking three now, when she died, her letters and sheet music were burned along with most of her other possessions. Uh, she apparently, she ended up requesting to be buried in Westminster Abbey, because that's where most of her family was buried. I believe her father was buried there, uh, and as is her mother. Uh, but her brother ended up denying the request, and instead she was buried in the crypt at, uh, St. Marian's. Uh, there's a German word there that I cannot pronounce, uh... She was buried next to her parental great-grandmother, the same one who had been exiled for adultery. All right, um, let's get into legacy. Now, I was kind of struggling to write what Maddie's real impact and legacy was, and I realized that her legacy really lived on her children because she lived and died trying to get back to them. After Maddie's death, both Frederick and Louise and Christian lived under the thumb of Queen Julianne Marie. And believe it or not, Christian is the person I feel the worst for in the aftermath of this. He was mainly confined to his room where his only visitors were his servants and his son and his daughter. Uh, sometimes he could be seen from the windows of the Christenberg Palace making faces at people going by. And when Maddie died, apparently he was found drawing two profiles on a piece of paper. One that was said to have looked like Johan and another one that was probably looked like Maddie. And he wrote under them wrote under the profiles in German the words hat hat Oh, I'm not even going to try and say that. I'm sorry. Uh, Basically, in English, what he was trying to say was I would have liked to save them both. Oh my god. Who thought I would end up feeling bad for Christian at the end of this episode? I didn't even see that coming. Yeah, (laughs) he had some serious survivor's guilt after everything that happened. Now, Queen Julianne Marie tried her best to keep little Prince Fred under her thumb, but Frederick was a smart kid. He saw what Julianne Marie had done to his family, and he never forgave, and he never fucking forgot. He waited patiently for years for when he could take over as king. Uh, in 1784, at 16, he attended his first cabinet meeting, and in one fell swoop, he was able to remove Julian Marie from power and her son, and he was able to transfer all power to him so that he could rule on his father's behalf, after all, Christian was still alive at this point. And under his rule, Denmark became one of the most progressive northern European nations in the world. He reestablished all of Johan's reforms, in fact, little Freddy even went further than Johan did and ended up abolishing serfdom in Denmark, something Johan hadn't even been able to achieve in his one year of absolute power even though he was working on it. And when Fritz's father finally died in 1808 from a stroke, <coughs> um... Fred got super personal in his control of the government, and he demonstrated himself to be a responsible father of his country, although he did end up siding with Napoleon in the Napoleonic Wars, probably mainly because uh, Napoleon was going up against, like, Britain, technically, because Britain was, like, on the other side, and, um, considering how Britain treated his mom, he probably wasn't very happy about that. He ended up losing a lot of land, because he sided with Napoleon too long, but Anyway, uh, he was still a very, very good king. He was a very progressive, very great guy. Uh, He also never forgot about his mother as he named his daughter Caroline after her. Now, Louise also never forgot her mother either. In fact, Louise turned turned out to be a hell of a lot like her mom, believe it or not. Now, I'm not going to spoil it too much since I want to do an episode on Louise someday. Uh, But let's just say Louise got embroiled in a lot of scandal in her life and she also named one of her daughters Caroline. Uh, She spent a lot of her life resenting her mother's home nation for public opinion on her mother, and when the Napoleonic Wars came, she became very, very anti-Britain for her mother because she loved her mother and she never knew her. Now, Maddie clearly had a huge impact on her children, and I just have mad, mad respect for Maddie's strength and conviction. It has been a great time uh, talking about Maddie today. Uh, Welcome to Season 2. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of the season. Bye! Alright, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, if there's a certain thing that you want to hear, just like hit me up on uh, Twitter at Long May she Rain Two. Uh, the N at the end of Rain is replaced with a two, just so you know that. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Bye.